Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk about the vaccine mandates now kicking in for healthcare workers in British Columbia. That's effective tomorrow, is that tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah, October okay. 26. So these vaccine mandates are increasing in number. They're uh, in a lot of places. Uh, healthcare tomorrow is the biggest one, 130,000 people, uh, basically. And we're talking right across the board, all the medical staff, all the support staff, so doctors, nurses, anesthesiologists, radiologists, kitchen staff, cleaners, uh, administration, contractors, volunteers, everyone has to be double-dosed or uh, single-dose at least seven days after your single-dose with a promise you're going to get a second dose, and you are subject to conditions, mask wearing, uh, other PPE requirements, and perhaps you're not going to perform the same job um, that you normally do with just one dose. But uh, as of last week, there were about uh, 130,000 people, Five, 5,500 people had not been uh, even a single dose wow. of the vaccine. So they're going to be put on paid leave, or no, uh, sorry, unpaid leave, stress that, unpaid leave, and until they get uh, a double dose. It's unclear whether how the unpaid leave is going to work, whether it's there's an expiry date where you're just out, you're fired, or whether you're going to give it, be given a chance to get uh, two doses. But it's going to create some havoc in the healthcare system, particularly... My read of it is the interior has the most workers. Of the 5,500, about 1,600 of those are in the Interior Health uh, Authority. And once you get into these smaller communities, if you've got, say, 10 healthcare workers in a particular small little facility or a clinic and you lose two, can you still operate? That's the concern. That And that's why officials were meeting all weekend long, Ministry of Health, coming up with contingency plans, because it is going to be disproportionately felt in smaller communities. Okay, this is at a time when there's a lot of stresses on the healthcare system in BC, to say the least. So, I mean, if you get over 5,000 workers have got to be effectively fired because they're unvaccinated, I can see how that could have an impact for sure. Now, I remember the BC Nurses Union, which had come out opposed to the mandatory vaccine for nurses, said, look, if you fire all these unvaccinated nurses and healthcare workers, you're going to have chaos in the healthcare system. Well, the system being, could collapse. They're not being fired. They're being put on unpaid leave. Effectively they're, they're, fired is what I said. They're off the job. It's interesting, in long-term care, which um, took effect October 12th, yeah. A lot of people don't pick up on this. Uh, 373 nurses have been uh, put on leave. They've ta- been taken out of the system. So the percentage that's been um, uh, occurring right now is 4%. 4% of the workforce in uh, healthcare, in long-term care, assisted living. If 4% is the percentage now in other uh, mandates beyond just healthcare, uh, if that's what we're looking at, that means 4% of the Vancouver Civic workers could not be couldn't be put on paid leave on December sixth. Uh, Kamloops right. also is looking at mandating their uh, usage of uh, or vaccination of their employees. TransLink, for example, the provincial civil servants, right? They're yep. facing the same thing. November twenty second, thirty thousand yeah. provincial uh, core ministry staff. So again, if four percent seems to be the number that are just refusing to be vaccinated, four percent isn't a big number. Ninety six percent vaccination. That's great. Four percent. Not not high. Unless you start applying that four percent to a large pool of people, it becomes a big number. Okay, it's interesting. You see the federal government now indicating that Carla Qualtro, the minister responsible here from B.C., talking about uh, employment insurance and whether people who are refuse to get the vaccine, they lose their jobs as a result. Could they qualify for E.I.? And the federal government indicating that they might not. That's right. What do you think of that? That's another distance, another incentive to get vaccinated. Um, I think a lot of people, and again, last week I heard anecdotally from some health officials, a bunch of doctors suddenly got vaccinated when they realized they were going to lose their hospital privileges. Um, They may not have done it quick enough because it has to be seven days after your first dose before you're allowed back into your 
your workplace. Uh, but the fact you're, I think there's a denial among some people who are not getting vaccinated. They don't think there's any consequences. A classic result was that Raleigh's restaurant in Hope continuing to operate oblivious to the, the, the overarching law that was about to come down on them. They were just, they were willing to pay the $100 a day fine, but then the courts got involved. They suddenly realized, well, we need a lawyer, and not realizing they should have got a lawyer before that. This is a, was a serious situation. I think a lot of people are finding not only are they going to lose their job, they're not going to get employment insurance. Uh, that's a double whammy. Well, speaking of the courts, I wonder if denying someone EI after they've been put on unpaid leave, will that stand up in court? Well, there's going to be court Like, if you lose your job, because you've been told that because you refuse to take this vaccine that the conditions of employment have been have been changed and you lose your job as a result and then you're told you can't get ei either like i i see that as a court case just looming out there oh probably but i'm not sure how many people are in a position to only to lose their job to lose their benefits to afford a court case i assume there's going to be some some group out there that will do it in ontario interestingly there has been a court judgment yesterday or, or last week the Ontario Superior Court um, did grant an injunction to prevent the firing of some nurses at a, at a health authority. Um, yeah. Now, that was outright firing. Uh, in labor law, you get into the weeds. There is a difference between being put on leave and being fired and being terminated. So yeah. those nurses in Ontario were terminated, but it's a temporary injunction. It's not a final say. It's just say, whoa, just, just stand down just for a moment here while we examine this, but uh, the final uh, verdict has not been rendered in Ontario on that count. Okay, we'll see what happens. The federal government, meanwhile, has cut off some of the COVID relief programs. The CRB, notably the Canada Recovery Benefit, is gone. It's done. Mm -hmm. It's over now. Uh, The government is bringing in some new programs, a much more narrowly focused in terms of their eligibility. I spoke to NDP MP Peter Julian on the show this morning, who's who's, said they're mad. They say that this is cutting off hundreds of thousands of people at a difficult time. Uh, They're they're mad at Justin Trudeau for, for cutting these programs. And it was interesting that Trudeau did this right after he had a meeting last week with Jagmeet Singh, the -hmm. federal NDP leader. And Singh came out of that meeting and he said, I looked Trudeau in the eye basically and told him, my number one demand here in a minority parliament is you better not cut that CRB. I I want that program to continue. And Trudeau turned around and cut it anyway. Let me play this for you and get your thoughts on it. So here's Jugmeet Singh last week after this meeting with Trudeau and describing what he what he put on the table in this meeting with Trudeau. Have a listen. First and foremost, I, I outlined how important it is for New Democrats that the support that people need continue. And that's the CRB. That, that has to continue. The financial supports that people need have, have to continue. We know that people are going through a difficult time right now. There are a lot of worries and uncertainty. Okay, so there's Jagmeet Singh, the federal NDP leader. This is a minority parliament again. Singh has got some leverage over this government. A little bit. Not, I, I mean, mean he it. does. Trudeau doesn't need Singh potentially. He doesn't hold the strictly hold the balance of power because he could do a deal with like the Bloc Quebecois or whatever. Well, again, we're back in the situation where uh, Trudeau's going to be calling Jagmeet Singh's bluff over and over and over and over again because no one wants another election. Uh, there's no guarantee the NDP would do any better than an, an election in the in the offing if it was on the near horizon than it would in the last election. So Trudeau is very much. I think there's a bit of a cynical ploy there. Uh, paying lip service to Singh's uh, demands. Okay, well, we'll see what happens with that. I know that you know the NDP are saying that a lot of people are being cut off at the knees here by getting rid of this program on short notice. 
On the other hand, the government made very clear at the start of this, these programs are temporary. Yeah. And at some point, the programs have got to be wound well, how down. Many, how and we've heard, we've heard lots of anecdotal evidence from employers. I can't get people to come back exactly. to work. Yeah, we've all done stories uh, as we reopen. And we now, for example, the 100% uh, capacity now. We've interviewed a number of uh, theaters, uh, sporting events uh, uh, organizers who say, well, that's great, but we can't get people back to work. So CERB has been an impediment to getting full uh, restoration of a lot of employment. A lot of small business owners, a lot of restaurant owners saying they can't get staff to open because of CERB. So there's a, sort of two sides to the story here. Well, presumably, now that these programs are gone, uh, there will be more people going back into the labor we'll market. See. I guess we'll find well, out. One thing, you're going to see thousands of vacancies in healthcare. Uh, in <laughs> yeah. BC and they're Ontario. hiring. BC is not the only uh, place with a healthcare mandate. Ontario has even more vigorous uh, vaccination mandates uh, in terms of uh, various sectors that go beyond healthcare. So that if if there's going to be thousands of people leaving their jobs because of vaccination, there's going to be thousands of openings. Okay, real quickly, Aaron Gunn, the guy, the right wing commentator on uh, Facebook. He's got what I think he's got eighty thousand Facebook followers. He had been running. He declared that he was running for the BC Liberal Party leadership. It created some division among the existing liberal candidates. Michael Lee, in particular, mm -hmm. said, don't let this guy run. He's too controversial. He's intolerant. Uh, don't let him run. Other candidates were saying, let the guy run. The party's decision, he's not allowed to run. So he's, he's basically been kiboshed. He can't run for the B.C. liberal leadership. Let me play a clip here for you, Keith. So here is Aaron Gunn speaking to me on the show a couple of weeks back about the controversy around him, and here's what he says about it. Yeah, I, I seem to be controversial for the people that don't actually know who I am, people that have seen my videos primarily on Facebook um, and yeah. have been following me for a while know, uh, know exactly what I'm all about. It's not, it's not some of these, I don't know, this innuendo that's trying to be spread or these, these lies and fabrication. It's just uh, not true, and quite frankly, for the people that have been following me all these years, uh, they just laugh at it. Okay, are you surprised that the party no. cut this guy off? No, not at all. The Liberals are trying to uh, reposition themselves and rebrand. And uh, again, um, Aaron Gunn would not fit into that caucus. I'm, I'm sorry. The Liberals are not going to gain power by going through the extreme right or even significantly more right-wing than they are right now. That's not the path to power for them. All right, welcome back to the show. Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Ryan in Surrey. Hey, Ryan. Hi, good morning. Um, I just want to touch base on the on the healthcare vax mandate because I have a uh, something that I can't get my mind through is back before we had vaccines, um, back when we had contact tracing that would have anyone in the population who was exposed, uh, they would be forced to isolate for 14 days, and during that time, nurses though were told to go to work that they were exempt from that uh, need to self isolate. Clearly, they were needed and whatnot. But now with our high vaccination rate, and in theory, we should be a lot safer of an environment now, now we're telling them to stay home. It seems kind of counterintuitive, counteractive. Like, it, it, it goes against itself. I don't understand that part. Okay, th thanks for the call. Keith, your thoughts? Well, the healthcare system is considered a place where the virus is transmitted uh, in higher proportion than outside the healthcare system. That's why that sector has been designated for vaccines but again people have to get their heads around the fact these mandate you can't come for example where you and i are right now mike we can't come in here unless you're double dosed you can't yeah. you can't come into the bc legislature as a visitor or as a worker unless you're double dosed it's got nothing to do with the healthcare system it's just a place of work that's starting to occur in a lot of other places where they, we mentioned the core ministries of the bc government bc hydro icbc 
LNG Canada up north, you have to be site C. You yeah. all, so these are spreading. TransLink, you're going to see the, all the federal employees have to be double-dosed. So it's grounded in science. Caller raised an interesting question, but pre-vaccine situation is different than right now. And that's why the encouragement, again, is to get everyone vaccinated as much as possible because 4% sounds like a low number. But when you yeah. 4% of, of 130,000 people, that's a large number. Well, especially if there's a disproportionately higher percentage in the north where mm-hmm. there's a lower vaccination yep. rate. And could there be trouble up there with staffing? Yeah, well, they're gonna, the numbers I saw, there are about 550 people are going to be yeah. taken out of the system as of tomorrow. Uh, and again, we're talking that's right in the northern. The that's in the northern health region. That's the northern health okay. region, which has very uh, relatively fewer employees. And again, we're talking everyone from doctors and nurses to, you know, uh, anesthesiologists to uh, kitchen staff, cleaners, administration. It goes right across the board. Okay, Kathy calling from Kelowna. Hi. Hi, Kathy. So I just yeah, had a question. I just turned the radio on and I, and I caught that about canceling programs. Are you talking about the CERB and stuff like that? Yeah. The CRB? Okay, yep. so my question is, um, a, a little known and publicized thing that has happened is that maybe now that uh, they've canceled all these programs, they can give the seniors back their money that they clawed back from square people that have had to, had to go on COVID for a few weeks and now aren't getting the GIS? Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's... Uh Interesting point. One will probably throw at the federal government at some point, but uh, it's always sensitive about seniors' um, benefits because they do go up and down, and they do pay a disproportionately high price when they're when they're reduced. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens here as as the NDP if they try to put any leverage on Trudeau on this thing. I mean, basically, Trudeau after he had that meeting with Jagmeet Singh, <laughs> Singh said this was his number one ask to Trudeau in that meeting. He wanted that service, and maybe Singh gets some sort of uh, some sort of compromise out of him. We'll see. Well, you know, the, the NDP have said, "Well, we've got we've forced all kinds of compromises out of this government in the past." But you're right; they don't want another election. We're at the start of an, Nobody another does. another mandate. We'll see what happens. Susan in North Vancouver. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to uh, talk about the uh, healthcare workers. Um, don't want to be vaccinated. Um, it's. Well, I think it's terrible, really, and I'm glad that what's being done is being done, especially people that work in long-term care. I mean, they could be responsible for killing somebody. It's not really that simple. And, you know, there's many people that talk about, uh, and if you're vaccinated, uh, you can still spread it. Yes, perhaps you can, but it's the only defense we've got for now. And, uh, you know, you have to do it. Okay, thank you for the call. It is puzzling in long-term care. There's almost 400 nurses, so licensed practical nurses and RNs, registered nurses, who've been put on leave because they won't get vaccinated. There's there's basically an equal number, a little more, of other care aides in long-term care who also refuse to get vaccinated. That that's been the number one source of deaths since the pandemic began and the most serious cases, even with residents being double dosed there, uh, they're old and they've got some underlying health conditions. They're vulnerable. So why you wouldn't get vaccinated is puzzling.